Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by former Bobcat football player, coach, and color commentator, Mikey Ryder. How are you doing today? Doing really good, Mitch. Thanks for having me, man. Of course, of course. So coming from West High, was it just kind of an easy transition going to MSU for you, or what made you decide to become a Bobcat? Yeah, good question. Uh, I It was not an easy transition. I'll start by saying that. Um, and I'll, I'll dive in a little bit into that, but, um, I, you know, I, I didn't uh, have a ton of options truly at, at a high school. Um, it was a situation where um, I did have a good high school career. You know, I was a first team All-State guy. We won a state championship and, um, you know, I was a very productive player, but uh, maybe didn't have a ton of opportunities. I had some of the frontier schools that were interested, but truly my, my main two opportunities were here at Rocky Mountain College and uh, coach David Reeves, he was the head coach at the time, um, showed a ton of interest. Uh, and then uh, and then coach Jason McAndrew was somebody that was the in-state recruiter for Montana State. And um, and now I know as I have kind of found some some inside information that there were a guy like Kane Ione and um, one of the GAs at the time who is a buddy of mine, his name was Brandon Eggert. He played in the in the 2000s with Kane and those guys uh, you know, Kane being a Billings guy, he pushed pretty hard right. on the backside for me. I didn't really know that um, until later on in life. But um, Coach McIndoo really was was the guy that uh, came and did a home visit. He came and, um, you know, was, uh, call me each and every week and, you know, write, uh, write me handwritten notes and things. And so um, truly those are my two main opportunities. And that's why I'm just so uh, forever, you know, grateful and indebted to, to Montana State. I thought maybe there'd be some additional opportunities um, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily the fastest or the most gifted, but felt like I could play. Um, I was told at the time that by one of my assistant coaches that, you know, the University of Montana was going to, you know, offer me a walk-on spot as well. And so I, I choose between Montana State and Montana and um, that never came. So I, I had my choice really between going to Rocky or going to Montana State. And um, I am just so happy with how things, you know, turned out and grateful to be a Bobcat and, um, and then once I got there, going back, Mitch, to your question, I, uh, it was hard. It was a challenging um, transition. You think you come from the highest level of football in Montana, but um, I'm a pretty big homebody. So I was pretty homesick. I miss mom and dad. And that was a tough thing for me. And, um, you know, at the time I had a girlfriend back in town. And so that kind of was, was a challenging thing. And uh, so there was quite a bit of turmoil there early on. And, and the game of football was a lot faster um, right. It really does turn into, you know, pretty much a job. And you're also going to school and, um, you know, fall camp was, you know, not like two days at Billings West High. It was a lot more consuming, a lot more film. And so it just was, uh, it was a total change in pace. Uh, and it's one thing that I know all college football players, when they, if you can make it through five fall camps, you can make it through a lot of things because it's very challenging mentally, physically, emotionally. And, um, and so, yeah, it was a tough transition, um, but I'm happy that I made it out on the other side. That's awesome. So then, you know, you mentioned you were a walk-on at MSU and I always find that, well, one, obviously those players have the grit to stay on, but what was that experience like for you being a walk-on at 18 years old, you know, and walking into MSU's facilities as a, as a walk-on? Yeah. Um, Gosh, it, it really was challenging. The, the one thing that I, I will tell you that I was 
really lucky because I, I was a preferred walk-on, which was, it's a little bit different. Some people don't know the difference, um, but um, all walk-ons have got that grit. But I'll tell you, I was lucky because what that means when you're a preferred walk-on is that you got to join the team when fall camp started. So I joined the team with the rest of the scholarship players. So truly you walk in the door and of course I got a chip on my shoulder. I know that uh, I, I'm not a scholarship guy. The guys that I'm, right. you know, uh, that I'm maybe practicing with and all the guys in my class, we, you know, some were scholarship, some were not, some were partial, some were full. Um, but really at the end of the day, you're just all in the same class. And so uh, you, you approach it like that, but you always have that, that chip on your shoulder. And, you know, there's, you are treated a little bit differently. The bottom line is it's a business and they don't have as much invested in you as they maybe do in somebody that they're, that they're paving the way for a full scholarship. So, um, you know, little things down to, I, I remember the first or second, you know, team meeting uh, or position meeting and going in and having a depth chart and they didn't even have my name spelled right, right? Like my last name, R-Y-D-E-R. -E and so wow. th those are the things that, that sticks with you. And, and you remember that. And so um, it, it definitely is a, a chip on your shoulder. And I think hopefully I can then pass that on to some of the other walk-ons, um, some of those in-state guys, maybe those partial scholarships. And I was fortunate enough to help coach some of those guys at West High, uh, you know, Caden Dowler and Taco Dowler and Trevin Gradney and some of those guys, you know, they I don't know that they were full scholarship guys, they were partial. And so right. you, you just, you try and create that edge. And I, you know, I just told those guys all the time, like, you're going to fast forward down the line and people are going to be really singing your praises and just remember where you came from. Cause that's important. For sure. For sure. So, you know, um, when you were at MSU was really right when they were starting to turn it around and become what they are now. So what was that like to see that firsthand and, you know, kind of be a part of that transformation. And then as you've gone on now, see where it's at now. Yeah. Um, really good question. So, um, when I first came in, coach Kramer was the head coach and, um, you know, he had an edge to him. I think everybody knew that. Right? The big human, he, he definitely had a personality and, um, he pushed the envelope in a lot of ways in it. And, you know, some people think that that, you know, caught up with them. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're not. But, um, when I first came in and I redshirted, um, yeah, I, I think I could feel the culture. The culture was just different. Um, fairly divided locker room, but a lot of talent. Um, mm -hmm. That first season when I was redshirting, I mean, gosh, my first game, um, I guess I was back home. I was watching it uh, back in Bozeman with the rest of my class that was redshirting. But, you know, we beat CU. We go down and beat the University of Colorado, and and uh, that's a huge game. Uh, yeah. Win on the road in Boulder. Now, they weren't great, but still, to go win on the road – um, D1 and school. They come back the next uh, week and they, they lose to, you know, Danny Woodhead and Shadron State. So it just was like this up and down season. And then you have uh, that first experience getting to, you know, the Cat Grizz game. And that year it was in Missoula and it was a physical, I mean, some of those first kickoffs um, and, you know, Coach Kramer telling the kickoff team on the opening kickoff, if somebody doesn't get a penalty, he's you know, on this first kick, he's going to, he's going to pull everybody out. Right. I mean, like that type of intensity and, you know, uh, gosh, Kevin Rotoriano hitting Eric Allen over the middle and, um, 
and you know ripping off his helmet which you know would have been a penalty these days but wasn't right. I mean, there it was john and it was just an up and down different culture um and but i think it was needed at that time because they were fighting out of a year years and years of just being a doormat and so right. i think coach kramer for that time was he, he embodied the attitude of of what he wanted his players to have too and i think they had that and that was really my only my only season under coach kramer that i got to experience and then um but i still think those years um you know and the years before they laid the path for um what was to come and coach ash did a really good job of cleaning up you know a lot of the things in the community and the character and um and but he was the exact opposite of somebody like coach kramer but right. i think that's what they needed at the time and so um you know it's fun to look at it now through coach you know coach choked and then um you know I just think with Coach Vegan, it all plays into the story of where they were and where they've gotten to. And so, yeah. I guys, um, in my class, I think you know we did a really good job. We, we set the tempo and we had a really good team. I don't know if we we're the most talented, but we had a lot of grit, a lot of character, and we were able to, you know, beat the Grizz, win the Big Sky Championship, and and um, make it into the playoffs. And at that time, um, you know, the bar has been, you know, it has definitely rose over the right. last couple of years. But at that time, um, that was a really, really big deal. So I'm, I'm proud of that. I know my class of guys that I played with, a bunch of good dudes, they're proud of that too. For sure. So you mentioned that Grizz game that got you guys into the playoffs and uh, you had a pretty big play in that game. So uh, tell me about that. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. Um, what what most people don't know is that I didn't, I, I say this all the time, my wife always makes fun of me. Uh, I didn't play very good in that game. It was, there was a ton of emotions. Um, you know, I, I had recently made the switch based on some injuries and some production things. I, I played a lot of outside linebacker for my, like my last two or three games, you know, played safety, mm-hmm. but I ended up playing some linebacker, um, I think against like Idaho State and then a couple more. But um, so I was rotating in. I, I played quite a bit. It was freezing cold. That's the coldest game that I've ever, right. I've ever even you know, been a part of, you know, four quarters of football. I don't think I had a single drop of sweat on my head, you know. Oh, geez. One of those games, it was just, it was frigid. And I don't know why I didn't wear sleeves the first half. And I couldn't have ran up to the locker room the second half any faster and put sleeves on. So, um, yeah, it it was a really fun game. Uh, Gosh, we had some fortunate, you know, things go our way as far as some turnovers and things. But that first drive, um, you know, a, a, a touchdown throw, I think it was to Tanner Bleskin from Daenerys McGee and taking a redshirt freshman in there and, you know, a kid from Texas that goes in and, and just is cool as a cucumber, right? And right. Does a really good job, sets the tempo, and we had some turnovers here and there. Um, and then, yeah, that, that last interception there at the end um, was awesome. But Prior to that, there was a huge interception. My other, my good buddy, another captain, uh, Jordan Craney, you know, picked off Justin Roper on a slant. So those are the things that was probably even more of a better football play than mine. I suppose mine gets a little more credit because it's towards the end, but um, all in all, awesome game. You know, that interception is something that, you know, for a good reason I'm remembered by. And I, I appreciate that, even though it wasn't like, I made a lot better plays in my college football career, but I'm grateful just to be associated with, you know, Cat Grizz and, and winning football games, especially in Missoula. For sure, for sure. So 
besides those two stadiums, because obviously those are going to be your favorite, but, but excuse me, Bozeman and Missoula, where was your favorite stadium you got the chance to play in? Oh, um, gosh, two stick out. My, you know, my very first college game was against Texas A&M. And so, oh, wow. As you know, it's 80, 85,000 at that point. Um, my dad played football at the University of Texas. And so, you know, to think that, you know, uh, he played, you know, in that same stadium, um, obviously different at the time, but still that same concept, of like, hey, yeah. pretty cool. And, um, you know, I, I was playing on special teams. I bet I played, I don't know, 12 to 15 plays total that game, but still was something that all on special teams. Um, and I'll never forget the crowd, the tailgate scene as you, you have a police escort from your hotel in the Woodlands, Texas, and we had about a 45 minute drive and a police escort all the way into the stadium and the tailgate scene, you know, for a, wow. for a 19 year old, that's a, that, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, oh yeah. I still remember being late for, for warmups. I was, I was a, a backup long snapper. I remember that. And um, I was in the, <laughs> I was in the locker room getting my cleats spatted, getting, getting them taped. And um, you know, first game, I'm just thinking, Oh, this is so great. And coach McIndoe who recruited me and he was the long snap coach, long snapping coach. And, he came in, he's like, what are you doing in here? You're late for warmups, you know? So my first, first college game, I was pretty excited late, yeah, late for warmups, but um, we actually had a pretty good opportunity to, to, uh, to win that game. They had some really good players. Um, gosh, I think about yeah, some of the guys that they had big uh, uh, tailback to Worski Lane, you know, he was like a 270 pound running back, you know, and Jeez. Um, Gosh, I think the quarterback was Stephen McGee. Mike Goodson was another tailback. He played for the Carolina Panthers. And then um, had a big tight end, I think, played in the NFL for a long time, too. So, anyways, those are, the, those are the things I remember really well. That stadium was great. But then I remember my first career start was against Michigan State. And so you, you, you remember that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember laying on, on, the, on the, uh, the floor before pregame, just trying to settle down, like, on the cool carpet. And... Um, I just remember laying there being like, this is crazy. It was an early morning kick. Those Big Ten kickoffs are really early. Right. So we were up really early for pregame. I was tired. Um, but that was a, a really fun one. Really cool environment. You know, played against Kirk Cousins, which is a cool thing to say. That's awesome. Yeah, and they, I mean, they got after us. It was like, we blinked <laughs> and it was like 31 to 7 quickly. So that was, uh, yeah, that, that was a fun one. Got a chance to play at Kansas State, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Washington State my senior year was was a lot of fun we had them beat but lost but so those are all those are all really good stadiums and, and a lot of fun to play but I think um, what you realize when you play in the big sky is how lucky you are to play in Bobcat Stadium because right. nobody has that same home field advantage um, you know even though I definitely um, don't ever root for the Grizzlies any any time. Going, I'll tell you that going into that stadium was special. That's a, that's a really cool environment. Anyway, oh yeah, it's different as Lions. So um, that's a really cool stadium. And so in the state of Montana, people love, you know, they love those stadiums. But even the the opposing teams love to come to to Bozeman. They love to come to Missoula because you go down to Sacramento and they've got it going a little bit, or you go down to but they or Northern Arizona or you know, UC Davis or any of those, right. groups, they get a crowd, but it, it's, it's the game day atmosphere is nothing like it is in Bozeman or it is in Missoula. So grateful to be a part of those. No, I mean, the cat and Grizz are the only shows in town. Yep. So 
Yep. They're what Montana has for football. <laughs> That's exactly right. For sure, for sure. So, you know, you name dropped a little bit uh, earlier with Denarius and Tanner Bleskin, and I know you played with Mike Person. So what was it like to play with those guys that are just absolute legends in Bobcat football? You mentioned I, Kane I own too. What is it like to just have those guys, you know, as teammates? Yeah. Uh, you, you just count yourself as lucky at the time. You don't know how cool that is, you know? I think having a guy like Mike Person, um, somebody that we played in the, you know, the, the Mondat game together, played in the Shrine game together um, in high school, and then we come in and he was a highly, he's a highly touted guy in our, in our recruiting class. Um, you know, you don't really know how cool that is until probably later on in life when you look back and, and what they've accomplished. Um, I'm just grateful to call those guys teammates. Um, you know, the career that Daenerys McGee had. I mean, he was just a young kid staying on my my buddy, you know, Kevin Rotoriano's couch early on. He came up early in the summer when it's true freshman year to go and work out. And um, so we got to know him. And I remember taking Daenerys fishing when he was, you know, uh, that that first summer when he got up. And, um, you know, you, you knew these guys were talented. You knew a Tanner Bleskin and, and seeing his demeanor every single day in the locker room. He was a no-nonsense guy. You had to tease him to get a smile out of him. Just like approach, but you see all that, and it's just it's just part of who you are at that time. You don't think anything of it, but then you look back and you're like, wow, that was special. That was special to be in the locker room with those guys, and a you know, in a in a Cody Kirk and an Elvis Aqua and and all those guys, right? I mean, that's that it's it's pretty special, and you kind of forget which grade everybody's in. Right? I, I don't remember. You know, it all just kind of blends, you know, Dan Ogden and Dustin O'Connell. And I mean, all these guys, they just, you're lucky. And that's what makes a locker room so special. You can't really explain it to other people, but being in a locker room and going through <clears throat> a lot of hard things together and then to go and produce, you know, 12 Saturdays a year. Right. That's what makes it so special. For sure. For sure. So now I kind of want to transition from your playing days to, then you went and coached. Yeah. What was it like to flip the switch and be on the other side of the sidelines for you? Yeah, yeah really, really interesting. Um, I, I, my dad was a football coach. Um, so I, I knew I, I wanted to get into that. Um, I just wasn't ready for football to be done. And so had a really cool opportunity to um, go be a, um, really it was called a, a, a student assistant, basically is what it was, or just a just a, an intern is what we called it technically is what coach Ash called it that year. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a grind. You get a real inside scoop of what it looks like to prepare. Um, you know, these coaches work during the season, 70 plus hours. I mean, you, right. as a player, you watch practice one time while well, the coach has already watched it three times and made a cut up for the rest of the team to, or for your position group to watch. Um, you just see the, the inside, of what it takes and how much hour, how many hours these coaches put in. And, you know, as you're an intern, you're doing all the stuff that nobody else wants to do the, the data right. input and the film breakdown and, you know, making sure that these full-time coaches have everything that they need so that they can then teach and make their players successful. So there's so much to that from, you know, data input to class checking, you know, uh, student athletes to make sure that 
you know, guys are going to going to class um, to, you know, I mean, dropping people's cars off to, you know, you know, taking care. I mean, you, you're just doing a lot of the stuff that like nobody else wants to do. And right. um, it's just kind of the rite of passage. So I, I got a chance to do that. And then I did that one year at, at Montana State. And then I was uh, preparing to do the same thing. Uh, and by the way, that was interesting because I had some of my buddies and my roommates that were a year younger than me. So I was, I was going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. So I was a student assistant and living with, you know, Shane Robinson and crew Seawing, John Ledette. Um, and I lived with those guys and they were still playing. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic. And then um, that all sunsetted. And uh, I uh, had an opportunity to go down to UNLV and I went down and, and, um, and actually coached for coach Houck for a, for a full season. So I lived in Vegas and kind of more of the same at that point, you Maybe it's the second tier of being an intern. It's called a, a graduate assistant. So you go to graduate right. school and, um, you know, you're, you're taking a credit load, but you're also working, you know, that same type of schedule. It's a, it's a lot of stuff that nobody else wants to do. Film breakdown, first one in, last one out. And it's kind of a rite of passage. I think it's kind of silly now that I think about it. It makes sense and I get it, but um, yeah. And so I, I then got an opportunity to come back and, uh, and Coach Ash hired me back as a full-time assistant and uh, got a chance to be an assistant defensive line coach, which I learned a ton from Coach Bo Beck. Um, and then really my, my focus was recruiting. I had an opportunity to go and recruit um, in uh, Western Montana and I also recruited uh, the San Diego area, everything, you know, south, okay. south the border all the way up to like Oceanside, uh, not all the way to, to LA. So. Um, recruiting that was my favorite part I love connecting with coaches and players and so that was a really neat thing for me and going to get guys in western Montana who probably grew up you know being Grizzlies and trying to flip the script a little bit um, and had some success doing that which was fun with Josh Hill and uh, Logan Jones and uh, uh, two, two notable guys that play a lot of football so they were yeah. happy we made them Bobcats so um, for sure yeah, I, I enjoyed my time as a coach, um, but like many or nearly every football coach, you're, you're a fired one. You know, you have, we, we ended up kind of losing some steam there at the end with Coach Ash, but he did an incredible job, created a really good culture, um, but it was time for a change. And, yep. um, you know, when the head coach goes, typically the whole staff goes with them, with the exception of a couple others. And so some there were some holdovers um, from my staff to Coach Choate, which was awesome. Um Coach Joe called me that day and, and said, look, I, I got somebody that's going to be coaching our secondary. And, um, you know, truth be told, at that time, I knew I was ready to get out of coaching. I was newly yeah. married. Um, I kind of climbed to the top of the ladder for me at that point where I, I'm like, man, I got to Montana State. I'm an assistant coach. I don't know if I really want to go anywhere else. And um, newly married. And I just thought, you know what, it could be time to change. And so... I made a change and moved home to Billings, but I'm grateful for my time as a coach. I, I learned an exorbitant amount of information and just, um, I really appreciate what goes into preparation for Saturdays. That's awesome. And then, so somewhere in there, and I don't know if it was before or after, but you were also a commentator for the Bobcats for a year. So talk to me, like, what was that opportunity like? How did you get that opportunity? And yeah. just what was it like? Yeah. So this last season, 
So yeah, this last season and the season before, I was able to be a color commentator. I've never done anything like that. Um, I look back now and I, um, I, w I wish I would have even, uh, you know, done something like that. I think I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. We even pursued it as a career. Um, I think it's a little late for me on that, but. Um, it's it never too late. Out, well, yeah, right, yeah. I suppose you're right, <laughs> who knows? So, um, but I, the opportunity came um, through uh, Learfield or, or Bobcat Sports Properties. So I, I had a contact in there and a friend of mine, Quinn Pacini, and um, he is, uh, he was the general manager of Learfield. And so, you know, they go out and all this, you know, sponsorships and, you know, airtime and commercials and things like that. Uh, it's his, that's his job. But one of his, his duties is also to, you know, um, staff up the radio. And so um, they had, they had a, uh, a play by play. Those, those are the guys that are, you know, the more famous ones. Right. Those right. And quite honestly, they do all the prep and they're the smarter ones. That was not me. Um, but Zach Mackey was there at the time and uh, he just Quinn approached me and said, Hey, would you like to come and try and do this? I thought of you um, just as a guy that loves to talk about football, that has got a background and connection to Montana state. Um, and then has got a little bit of a, you know, coaching background that can kind of talk some of that lingo. And so I went and did the spring game as like a trial and, um, it was just an interesting thing. It's hard to describe it. I probably sounded horrible and I, I couldn't quite <laughs> figure it out, you know, how to fill space, but how to be concise. Cause you're on the radio. It's not like TV. You can't talk right. over play. You, you gotta be pretty concise. Um, so I learned that and, um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I got to prepare a little bit and study some of the, the opponents. I, um, and look at their tendencies and things like that, but I didn't really have to wear the, the win-loss results. So I enjoyed that. I got to go be a part of it and kind of a, a Bobcat football in a little bit of a different way. And um, so I'm grateful for that opportunity. I'd love to keep doing it. I may do it again down the line, but um, this next year's going to be a no-go. I got three, three kiddos at home and a wife. And so um, I can't quite be gone every single weekend during the fall. So I'm excited to kind of relax and spend time with family. For sure. So that kind of leads me into my next part because mm -hmm. I uh, went to high school with your wife, uh, Danielle Mirai, now writer, obviously. And uh, so how did you guys meet? Obviously at MSU, but how did you guys meet? And um, just, yeah, that story a little bit. Yeah. yeah, good story. So she she's actually five years younger than I am. So we never went to high school together. We never went to college together. Um, she went on to play basketball at North Dakota State. Um, and then, uh, she did not like it and she went back to Bozeman and she was just going to go be a student in Bozeman. And I had recently, I think that spring gotten back from UNLV. I was only there for like a little bit less than a year and I had moved home and accepted my job. And, uh, we were at a wedding in Red Lodge, uh, one of my buddy's weddings and, um, yeah, ended up meeting her there, and I had known of her. She was just such a good athlete. You know, right. You just know, and um, I went to school with her older sister and her older brother, and so uh, yeah, we went on a couple dates, and then start, and and it was kind of interesting because at the time she was just a student, but then um, they got her as a really good high school track athlete. They asked her to come and be a, a heptathlete, and so she did that, and so it was an interesting situation because at that point I was a 
I was a, an employee of Montana State and she was a student athlete, which obviously, you know, is a pretty interesting HR. Right, yeah. So we had to have a, you know, we dated before that, before she was a student athlete. So we kind of had to have that conversation. And I mean, keep in mind, I was like, I don't know, 25, 24 at the time. So I, I was pretty young too, but um, yeah, I remember that conversation sitting down with the assistant AD and saying, okay, well, here, it's kind of how it is. You got to sign a piece of paper and this and that. So anyways, um, yeah, we're, we let, we now live back in Billings, um, and, and love being here. Uh, her parents are great. And, um, you know, her brother, Jace, obviously incredible athlete and a huge Bobcat family, Jeff and Jace and Ron, they all played for the cats. And, um, and then Tammy, their mom is a really good athlete in her own right. She's run a zillion marathons and, so we have them home and then my folks live here. And uh, so we have three kiddos, four, three, and two, four, three, and six months, excuse me. And um, so we've got plenty of help, which is, which is really good. We love being in Billings. We can get to Bozeman for Bobcat games and um, yeah, all is well. That's great. No, I, uh, I saw you guys actually, I think at a West game this year and I, uh, Yep. Yeah, it was great to see you guys. So yeah. But um, anyways, well, hey, I want to thank you so much for your time. I don't want to keep you much longer. But um, anyways, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about your whole career and how cool it's been to be such a part of Bobcat football. Yeah, thank you so much, Mitch. I appreciate you having me, man. And have a good rest of your Friday and weekend. Yes, you too. All right. Have a great day. See ya. Hey guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports, and do I have a company I would love to highlight for you. It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person, once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And I mean, Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs.